Good morning. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our Lord, our Rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. Many of my best memories in life are connected with Old South Church. My family and I have been attending for over 30 years and been mem members for about 25, so I've had quite some time to make those connections. One of my first memories dates back to my second visit when Reverend Crawford shook my hand with his extremely large grasp and said, it's great to see you again, Phil. Many involve my children, connecting the children's chime choir when Emma and Ben were just in grade school, or playing Christmas carols on the piano during the pageant with Kate Ninshu, Amy Budka, and Pam Roberts. Some are just related to music, playing the oboe alongside uh, Sam O on cello and, and Mitchell Crawford on piano, or singing in the Scola Cantorum with my wife Susan under Prince Harry's leadership. I cherish those related to committees on which I've served, reading a sermon by Quinn Caldwell on liminal spaces while on an associate minister search committee. I didn't know what the word liminal meant. I had to look it up. Traveling with the trustees to New York for the auction of the Bay Psalm book, planning and attending church retreats and the warm fellowship of the Christian Formation Committee led by Maren Bitalden. Or with Paul Kunstner, uh, negotiating the repair of our building damaged by the MBTA. And finally, there are some memories that just don't fit into any category. Ringing the tower bell on that rare occasion when David Vogan is not here. Joining the prayer chain with, uh, led by Ruth Pertillo as we prayed over the vision for the 21st century. And tearfully receiving a Boston Marathon uh, runner scarf uh, presented by Diane Gaucher and Marilyn Adams in the year after the bombing. So, it's clear that I'm very deeply connected with you now, but it wasn't always that way. 30 years ago, after being years of being focused on career and self, I felt a need for a spiritual home. When Susan and I had our first child, we wanted her to be brought up in the church. We started attending Old South Church, and we even enrolled our daughter Emma in the Old South Preschool upstairs. But still, we didn't join because, well, we felt like we were just visitors. We were renting an apartment in the Back Bay or in the South End. And perhaps for some of you, that's where you are today. But finally, when we bought a house, moved out of town to Newton, my daughter Emma, who was then a five-year-old, said, you've changed everything else, Daddy. You've, you've changed my house, my friends, my city, my school. Can't we still just go to my church? Well, that obviously, that sealed the deal. Of course, wiser parents might have thought, in, you know, in retrospect, I could see that would be one gift of continuity we could have given our child, but um, it's also not a coincidence that I joined Old South in the year that my dad died. Um, Old South became my home when I needed it most. And I realized that I loved the honesty and the integrity in preaching the constant listening for God's still speaking voice. I wanted a church that had Jesus at its center and took the Bible very seriously 
while also welcoming rational thought and heartfelt questions. In his children's message, Sean said that church is our map and our star that leads us to Jesus. Over the years while on this journey, I've come to see Old South as much more important to me than just the place where I find community and worship. I want to be all in for Old South for two fundamental reasons. First, I know that I need this community because you bring out my better self. And second, I know that the world needs, this broken world needs Old South. More on that in a bit. My general nature is not all that spiritual. I tend to make decisions on a very rational basis. I weigh costs and benefits. For much of my day, I, I negotiate, always looking for win-win answers, but certainly looking to protect my company's interests. But as much as this is my general tendency, I know that I need more. It's satisfying intellectually, but not emotionally. So I'm a big believer in the the body has many parts view of the Christian community. I have certain skills based on my God-given gifts, education, and experience. Those enable me to lead meetings, examine financial statements, build spreadsheets, make logical arguments, but they don't make me the best caregiver. I listen for facts and figures pretty well, but alas, although I try, I often don't listen terribly well for feelings and emotions. That's one of the reasons I need you. In today's reading, the wise men follow a star to find the Christ child of Bethlehem. For me, Old South, this congregation is my star, pointing out the path that Jesus Christ set for us. Many of you have served as that light on the path for me. I've watched as you've given your gifts of love and laughter, your gifts of doing mercy and loving justice your gifts of listening and caring. You've shown me when I was wrong. I was one of those folks who re resisted Reverend Crawford's new century hymnal. Um, I like the old words. Um, but I've later realized that that book was visionary. Its inclusive language ensures that all people are equal in God's eye. I've also been truly inspired by Old South's way of making decisions through prayerful discernment. When I've given my time to participate and help build this community, you've challenged my thinking, expanded my perspective, and kept me grounded. Our covenant as a church community keeps me from falling away. It satisfies both the rational and spiritual sides of my being. Okay, but, but why does the world, why does the world need Old South? This particular institution is sorely needed to help fill a void that is opened between two very powerful forces. On the one hand, we have increasingly fundamentalist religious groups who cling to their beliefs so tightly that they must exclude others. And on the other, an increasingly secular world scoffing at religious belief, particularly when they see it creating such division and even hatred. To maintain their relevance, many sects of religion are turning away from science. They're afraid to even listen to, much less accept, 
the objective truths emanating from scientific inquiry. Consequently, they villainize any who endorse concepts they find existentially threatening. In the face of unrelenting change in their jobs, communities, and familiar technologies, these groups refuse to accept any change in their beliefs. As they reject any and all adaptation, they must become even more fundamental, not listening for God's still speaking voice. Instead of looking to find common ground, leaders of these groups find power in generating fear of the other. And this fear, as has been true for millennia, is easily manipulated by politicians. In this type of religious belief, non-literal in interpretations and those that don't fit in must be excluded and excoriated. So on the other side of the void, the secular world sees that type of religion as misguided, hateful, and increasingly dangerous. And unfortunately, the secular world hears almost exclusively about that absolutist, no questioners or dissenters, dissenters tolerated type of religion. W would you agree with me that the vast majority of the, of the news about religion today is about how a fundamentalist belief generated some enduring hatred, prompted an individual to violence, or led to some exclusionary behavior? Many people associate Christianity with an angry, Muslim-hating, anti-gay, prosperity-preaching, and potentially violent mindset. So, there's a big void. And that's what the world requires Old South to fill. Old South's open and affirming congregation presents a radical welcome in this world of exclusion. But we're not just making it up as we go along. We're still very deeply grounded in the Bible. We stick to scripture, but don't count on hearing the same interpretation you've heard a hundred times before. We're that confluence of the sense of the eternal and the unique ability to adapt. We're constantly listening to hear God's still speaking voice. And for an organization that's over 350 years old, we actually change pretty quickly. While some of you are part of families that have been here for generations, many are brand new. Young families are constantly joining. We have had very few senior ministers, but we've also been blessed with many of the most amazing, wonderful assistant and associate ministers who are shaping who we are. You, my friends in faith, are working in so many parts of our community on matters of justice and mercy that you project God's light throughout the Boston area and indeed beyond out into the world. So as I see it, and I hope you do as well, the world really needs Old South. It's seven days a week open door. It's openness to change grounded in an abiding Christian faith and a loving God and its deep connection to the spirit living within each and every one of us. So, Susan and I have pledged financially to Old South for many years, and we've increased our financial gift every year of the last 15. While that's been challenging, 
since our resources have not increased substantially, and we've had kids in college during that time, what we're doing here is simply too important not to contribute to it. For those of you here today that haven't yet found a way to connect with the Old South community, and for those of you who have not been able to pledge, I've been there. In fact, I was there for at least five years before joining in the covenant. And you need to know, it's okay. You're welcome here, no matter where you are on that journey. But when you're ready to join in this community following the star, when you're ready to form some lifelong memories as part of the life of this church, we'll be there traveling on the path right by your side.